Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for watching over on our YouTube channel or listening in at pathtozion.com. We uh, value each and every one of you giving your time. Time is valuable and there are a million and one teachers out there um, that are doing far and above more than I'm even capable of doing here. I don't even claim to be a teacher. I'm sharing you what Father's showing me in my study time here and I pray it blesses you. And, and above all else, I pray that it moves us further on in this, this trajectory of becoming holy as our Father is holy. And man, I just, even talking about this for, for the last however many hours now to record this series and my hours leading up to it studying, I just feel like I'm getting this, this vibrancy to like please my Father because I'm seeing my identity within it. I'm seeing it as an, as an attainable goal, like, Father, again... You didn't give me something that I can't do. You didn't give me a task that you didn't also equally empower me to accomplish. And so that excites me. And I hope that it excites you as well as we enter into part five of holiness, imputed or added. And we, we wrapped up part four um, talking about how we have to understand that, that if Torah was fulfilled and abolished in, in Yeshua, then then when, when did the Bible tell us a, a, a clearly spelled out new law, a new, a new governmental order for us to live our lives by? Because I, and I know people go back to the two greatest commandments that, that Yeshua said, but friend, that is, that is so easily just, it's so easily explained as he said, this is what everything else is built upon. I mean, it's so simple when we look at the, the verbiage of what he was saying, he was in no way eradicating his father's right rulings. In fact, he we said even the other night in a gathering, this is my understanding that I picked up a few years back, is he didn't he didn't just eradicate them. In fact, he elevated them. He he made them like man, he he made them serious. He he made them in, in this innermost hidden place where nobody knows but you and the father. And you better be right and true, because if you even have a, a, a murderous thought, you have literally murdered an individual, which, again, is an elevated aspect of Father's ways and, and commands. And so, man, if anything, we have, to, we have to admit that Yeshua made it a whole lot more serious um, and sure didn't do any eradication of, of Father's ways. More reading. Ephesians chapter 4. I hope you're okay with the Bible because there's more to come here. Chapter 4, verse 17 of Ephesians. Now I say this and testify in Yahweh that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Again, to be clear, as the Goyim nations do. Don't do that anymore. What do they do? They walk in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding and they're alienated from the life of Yahweh because of the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardness of their heart. Pause. Again, I have to keep saying this because in my present vein of thought, as I read as I read these, these biblical texts, I see this separation pattern in everything. And even here, Paul is alluding to, uh, they, these who are darkened, who are living according to the ways of the nations, are alienated from the life of Yahweh. They are, they are put out. When you're alienated, what happens? Let's just be simple. You're put out. 
you're not a, you're not made aware of the goings on of of this kingdom. You have been put out. You're alienated. You can't be a part of this governmental system because you're a part of another. It's that clear. And so why? Because of the hardness of their heart. Verse 19, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, the opposite of holiness. But that is not the way you learn Messiah. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Yeshua, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, which is created after the likeness of Yahweh, in true righteousness and true holiness. So in summary, what I'm desiring to present can be summarized by this, according to Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Our responsibility as a royal priesthood and a kingdom of priests is to spend the rest of our days becoming holy as Yahweh our Father is holy. Okay, according to this text, we spend the rest of our lives leaving behind what we used to be and all the ways of the nations that made up who we are and the governmental systems of self that it perpetuates, leaving those corrupted, deceitful desires to put on more action, more action that we do. We are told um, in the last part to cleanse ourselves. And here we're told more action to put on and to put off Why? Because we're created after the likeness of Yahweh in true righteousness and in true holiness. This is an endeavor to become holy. So for those who are already familiar with what I presented, which are many of you, I'm sure, please hear the call to go further into holiness. The fact that your children, brother, have never eaten pork or have never celebrated Christmas should nearly be this should merely be your starting point, okay? Don't even get me started on the Hebrew Roots group or Torah, you know, fellowship, whatever. We have to brand movements and people groups and all this stuff about how our children have never had pork and they've never known Christmas. And in summary, we're good now. No, no, no. It's elementary. We, we, must, we must say, what now, <laughs> Um, the ways of the nations are in us all. We must continue to, to press in and pursue holiness and search our own house and our own house for idolatry and merely uh, morality-driven living that we brought into our house from the nations and into our literal selves. And to those of you who are watching this and or listening that have never considered what I presented in this series thus far... I want to pause here and just ask you to think upon the scriptural explanation of holiness that I've tried to make clear. Has it been imputed to us in salvation, or must it be pursued and added incrementally as we mature in our sanctification process? And we must know. And so as we just start to turn the corner here and see the finish line on this series, I want to look at more, more Bible texts. I hope that's okay. Exodus chapter 19. 
Yeshua in Matthew chapter 13, 1 Peter 1 and 2. We're going to look at those and several more to, to bring this to a close. Now, first, Exodus. Quote, Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. His own possession here is quite interesting to me. Uh, in, in, in Hebrew, it means a peculiar treasure. <laughs> Father says that he will make a specific people his own possession, a peculiar treasure, if and when these people obey his voice and keep their part of his covenant. I'm submitting that this is what produces a holy set-apart people. It always has. In the past, with Israel, we know this is clear. And as we already looked at, it was, it's going to be in only in brief measure of the many um, options available. That it will also be the mark of those in the future. This, this treasure verbiage is in the Old Testament several times and speaks of a unique people that are as jewels. There's a lot of wonderful imagery in here that I don't have time to cover in this, in this specifically about this peculiar treasure that are his possession. We, of course, see a peculiar people in the New Testament as well. No surprise, right? No, no surprise when we study the Word of God in its entirety, how it is completely agreeable from end to end. Now we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 7, quote, You are a holy people to Yahweh your Elohim, and he has chosen you to be a people for his personal possession out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. Now it goes on to say this, Know therefore that Yahweh your Elohim, he is Elohim, the faithful one, who keeps his covenant and his faithfulness to a thousand generations. Okay, so he keeps his covenant and his faithfulness to a thousand generations. To For who? It now it continues to answer my question. For those who love him and keep his commandments. Friend, do you see this verbiage and then follow it all the way to, like we've been talking about, Paul's teachings? And then, of course, the culmination in Revelation. To a thousand generations for those who love him. If you love him, keep my commandments. That's what he said. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Same thing. Yeshua said what Father said. This is what is for a thousand generations of those who love my ways and keep my right rulings. Keep my statutes. And again, who are these? His holy, set-apart people. Now to Yeshua in, in the book of Matthew to continue with this treasure connection. Because again, just where I'm at right now, if I'm reading the Old Testament, I won't stop until I find it in the New. It's awesome. Quote, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells everything that he has, and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls, and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold everything that he had, and he bought it. Now, the verbiage is the same. 
Interestingly, the, the New Testament word for treasure first appears when? Think about it. The Magi bringing the treasure to Messiah in the Gospels. It too signified a place where good and valuable things were obviously contained and presented to our Messiah. And this is the, the same treasure that, that Father calls in Deuteronomy 7, his holy people, his personal possession. His own possession is this peculiar treasure of great value presented to the Son. There, there's so much imagery within here, and we don't have time. 1 Peter chapter 1 and 2, we're going to read some of uh, just a little bit of this text jumping around. It opens up with who this is written specifically to. This is very, very important. Uh, 1 Peter 1 starts out, and we have to know this, to Yah's chosen people living as aliens in the diaspora. Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, the province of Asia, Bithynia. Okay, these people, the ones chosen according to the foreknowledge of Yahweh and set apart by the Spirit. Now, we would ask why. Why are they set apart? This is so, this is so, oh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Set apart. They're set apart by the Spirit. Well, why are they set apart? What makes them set apart? This is 1 Peter 1. For obeying Yeshua the Messiah and for the sprinkling with his blood. Okay? Obeying commands and sprinkled with blood. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Passover, anyone? Oh, okay, moving on. This was written specifically to these individuals. And what does it go on to say? To these ones, this is Peter says this. You, you are a chosen people. The king's royal koanim is what one version says. I really like that. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people for Yah to what? To possess. Just like we looked at a possession. A peculiar treasure is what Father calls his people who keep his covenantal ways. Peter knew this, which is why he called us a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for Yahweh to possess. Why? In order for you to declare the praises of the one who called you out of darkness, separation. Removed out of darkness and placed into his wonderful light. A relocation, a separation, a distinguished place, a sacred space. Once you were not a people, you were, what did we just look at? You were cast out, you were aside, you were alienated. Now you are Yah's people. Before you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, this holy set apartness continues in verse 11. We have to just keep reading. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers or temporary residents, sojourner messages, anyone? Look for those. Not to give in to the desires of your old nature. Okay, so... Act like aliens and strangers, temporary residents, more set-apartedness. These things of your old nature keep warring against you. Don't give in to those things. 
but instead, verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans that even though they now speak against you as evildoers, they will, as a result of seeing your good actions, give glory to Yahweh on the day of his coming. What's good? What's tov? How do we know? Yahweh told us. His commands, his right rulings, his Torah tells us what is good. And as a result of seeing our good actions, pagans will give glory to Yahweh on the day of his coming. <laughs> what? Those who kept his Torah commands were deemed holy. There's no way around it. They were deemed an identifiable people. And even Peter continues that thought saying, you people who keep Yahweh's commands are a chosen people. You are his set-apart possession, the exact same verbiage that we read in, in what um, Deuteronomy chapter 7. A chosen people, a treasure, his own uh, possession, a peculiar treasure, same verbiage. <sighs> That's how they and we are holy, as Father is holy. So my question is, what does what does so today? If if we're not sure already, what deems us holy today? If it's something else, what is it? I mean, like, what does the Bible say? If it's something else that makes us holy today, other than what I'm presenting, what is it? We know it's not merely faith. We know that. Nor is it imputed righteousness that comes by faith. So what then? Who, according to 1 Peter, are the ones that he says have received mercy and have become chosen and set apart? Simply put, those who obeyed Yeshua and were sprinkled with his blood. It's so simple. Yeshua and the Father are one. We talked about the Echad reality. Yeshua had no new law code. Nothing new to implement or else he would have clearly spelled it out for us in the same way Torah was given. It would have looked just like that. Uh, uh, revised. <laughs> hey, okay, now, now you do this. But he, of course, he had no new, no new law code to implement. That was not Yeshua's uh, <laughs> purpose. I was going to say job qualification. That wasn't his purpose. It wasn't his function. The fruit of obeying Yahweh's Torah commands is always a royal priesthood people, defined by holiness. Always, 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 always. Okay, we're going to finish this up. I will summarize what I'm hoping I presented adequately with this series. That I'm more and more convinced with each passing day, studying scripture the best way I know how, that the prescribed way to holiness, the mark for Yahweh's true set-apart people, his possession, his father's wonderful Torah instruction. He has told us clearly how to live, and it has always been the covenantal mark between he and his identifiable people. Always, always. Confession, repentance, righteousness endowed to us by faith like Abraham, regeneration, salvation itself is all the door 
to walk empowered by Holy Spirit with Mediator Messiah Yeshua as our propitiation mercy seat. These are all, are, are all <laughs> the beginning of walking into ever-increasing levels of holiness. They're the beginning. They're, Yeshua is the door, the gate, the way. He is, he is our hope to be holy as Father is holy. Praise Him that He made a way for us to do so. It's incredible. It's beyond my comprehension. And in absolute closing, I will go back to the parable of the talents yet again, because I feel like out of everything I've shared in this series, that is what Holy Spirit keeps illuminating in my innermost places. I believe this can all be boiled down to, we have seen our Father, I want to quote it right, I want, I want to use it correctly. We have seen Him in the same way that the that the um, servant that was only entrusted with one talent saw his master. We've seen him. I'm just I'm going from memory until I can find it. Okay, a hard man, harsh, stern, stiff, offensive, and violent. I believe that's what Holy Spirit's illuminating out of all this. As we ask, is holiness imputed or added to us? Scripturally speaking, we have to say it's added. And I would say we've not known it because we've been errantly afraid of our master. And we've cowered in fear and we've squandered the grace, mercy, compassion, forgiveness, and loving kindness that he has extended to us. And even the righteousness that we have received by faith through Yeshua the Son. And we have to just admit that we've been the worthless servant. Foolish with what we've been given. We've been irresponsible. And the master's coming back and he's going to say, friend, what have you done with what I've given you? And up until recently, I would have had to have said, not much. Master, not much. I knew you were a hard man. I knew you were a hard master, God. I was afraid. I've read about you. You're, you're harsh, stern, stiff, and violent, and you're so offensive. And so I've just been basking in your grace and mercy, Master. I'm thoroughly convinced he's going to say, wicked, lazy servant. You never knew me. Oh, man. We, could, we open this, could we open this train of thought? Depart from me. I never knew you, you lawless ones. Out where? Into, into darkness, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I never knew you. But Messiah, I cast out demons. I healed people. I did, I did, I did. But you didn't keep my commands. And I told you, if you love me, you keep my commands. And my commands are the Father's commands because we are echad. We are one. So friends, the... the the, the harshness is true, but the invitation is kind and beautiful. That, that friend, you have been invited. You, 
I, let me just speak for myself. I have been invited to be Yahweh's peculiar treasure, his own possession. If I walk in covenant with him, that's the beautiful side to this. When I tell my son something about correction that he hates, he has two options. He can yield to my correction, lift his head, his countenance, like we see with, with Yahweh and even Cain. If you just lifted your face to me, son, if you just returned, he could do that. All right, Dad, I hear correction. Your correction's it, period. I will obey. Or, oh, no, and this is what happens a lot. If you have children, you know, oh, no, no, no. And he just dreads punishment. He dreads the result of disobedience. Instead of obeying, friends, that is you and that is me. I'm telling you, that's as true as the day is long. We have to resign to humble ourselves to Father's commands and say, I want to be your possession. Therefore, I will keep your covenantal commands because I'm going to be holy as you are holy because you told me to. Friends, that's the whole thing right there. Absolutely, hands down, done deal, holiness is added to our lives by our own decisions and by our own endeavor to lay aside our sinful behavior, yes, of course, and all of the ways of the nations that we're coming out of to come into a royal priesthood reality. And friends, like I said, in absolute closing, priests have something to do. Priests have tasks to tend to. Metaphorically speaking, if we want to go into the Holy of Holies, you got to wash some hands, brother. You got to get cleaned up. Our Father is holy, and there are requirements to go into His presence. And I want to be bathed in the blood of Yeshua the Messiah and keeping my Father's covenantal commands. I pray that that's true for you as well, friend. Would you at least ponder and, and, and consider? And study out the things I presented. I know it's a lot. I know this is no award-winning delivery either, but it is what it is, and I pray that, that Father's Word stands for itself and teaches us truth. And Holy Spirit will guide us and teach us into what? All truth. There's hope for us, friend. So thank you for watching. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way that's been forgotten, and perhaps hidden in many ways throughout the ages, but Father's removing the scales from my eyes and unstopping our ears and praise him for it. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for watching. Amen.